This is Gregory Nash from Addicted to Pain, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks, so turn it up. Hey, this is Randy Cooper of the Texas Hippie Coalition, THC. You're rocking with Iron City Rocks, and we're pissed off and mad about it. This is John from the Texas Hippie Coalition. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Come on, baby.
welcome to episode 75 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Aaron. The song you just heard was Intervention by the Texas Hippie Coalition, and on this episode, we welcome the Texas Hippie Coalition back to Pittsburgh, as they will be playing on the Iron City Rocks stage at Peter B's in Sarver on November 4th. Joining the Texas Hippie Coalition on the current leg of this tour is the band Addicted to Pain. I had the opportunity to speak with both John Exhall of the Texas Hippie Coalition and Gregory Nash of Addicted to Pain on separate occasions, and we'll listen to both of those interviews after this next song from the Texas Hippie Coalition called Saddle Sore. take a moment and talk about the Texas Hippie Coalition. So the Texas Hippie Coalition is this band that I discovered this summer uh, driving around listening to the radio and um, during a countdown show called The Devil's Dozen 
they say they're going to play this song called Pissed Off and Mad About It. Well, right away, the, to- the title has me. I think it's just hysterical. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what these guys have to offer. So the song comes on, hits me like a ton of bricks. So I hit the info button on my radio. It flashes that it's um, the Texas Hippie Coalition. I'm like, holy cow, what a name, right? The Texas Hippie Coalition pissed off and mad about it, and these guys just are coming on like gangbusters. Um, the word that I use to sum up these guys when I'm talking with other people is just badass. If you take a look at their website, thcoutlaw.com, you'll see that they just embody the Texas outlaw image. They, they completely embody it. They, they live it, they breathe it, they look it, they sound it. And at the same time, both times I've had the opportunity to talk to these guys, I talked to Randy Cooper back in episode 64, um, and I just spoke with John Exhall, and these are the nicest guys in the world. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to them coming through town again, and I just can't wait to go to the show and see these guys play, play live. So I hope you enjoy the interview. I hope you enjoy the music that we've brought to you uh, with the Texas Hippie Coalition. And without further ado, let's get into our interview with John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today I have with me John Exhall of the band Texas Hippie Coalition. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, brother. How's everybody doing? We're doing good, doing good. Hey, John, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, anytime, brother, anytime. So um, Texas Hippie is on a, I guess, a new leg of your tour. Um, yes. how, many, how many cities do you plan on visiting this time? Oh, shoot, we're going to be everywhere. Uh, we're going to be out probably about the next six weeks, hitting just about every city we can possibly get our hands on. That's awesome. All over the East Coast and West Coast. Oh, fantastic. I know you guys are going to be through Pittsburgh here uh, next week, November 4th, um, at right Airbees. I'm looking Can't forward wait. to that show. I will be there that night. Love playing Pittsburgh, man. Love coming down there. Everybody treats you real good. Can't oh, wait to awesome. get there. I can't, I can't wait to see you guys. So right on. Bro. We had the opportunity to, um, we talked to Randy on the show a few months back. I had the opportunity to talk to him, and I'll tell, tell you the same thing I told him. Um, I'm a huge fan of you guys. I heard you guys right. on Liquid Metal, Liquid Metal's The Dozen Dozen, uh, Devil's Dozen one night. And I just, I ran home immediately, jumped on the internet and said, okay, one of these guys coming to Pittsburgh. Because you guys just blew me away. Oh, right on, bro. So, but let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your sound. How did you guys come about with the Texas Hippie sound? Because you have a very distinct sound to you. Man, it was just an evolution. Uh, you get five different people in a, in a room, you know, and everybody's got different styles and different techniques, and it just kind of meshes into it. We took a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of our influences, you know, uh, uh, shoot there's so many lists you can't you know you can't go down the whole thing and just mush you know throw them all together in a big melting pot and this is what happened brother got some texas fried you know metal it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really is like your sound is really really sonically dense i went back i listened to the entire record again today probably for about my third time and um one thing that really struck me is it it hits you like a wall like it's this super solid sound but yet i can still hear everything that's going on like so what's your approach in the studio to get that kind of sound Man, you know, just take the amps and crack them up to 11. <laughs> Break the knobs off of them. That's basically what we do. Uh, just get in there. It's a really, our music is really guitar and bass driven. And, uh, you know, it, I think it really comes through and everybody, it just, it seems to touch everybody, man. It's a, it's just, it's, my, it just, it's so hard to explain, man. It's just a mantra sound that comes out once we hit the studio, brother. It's just, you know, like I said, you take everybody and put them all together and this is what comes out. That's awesome. Now, what is, um, what's your writing process as a band? 
Uh, well, you know, one of us will come up with a melody. You know, it could be anybody. It could be me. It could be the drummer. It could be the guitar players. It could be Richard. And uh, we kind of all just kind of come in after that and just everybody puts in what they feel. And uh, whoever has the strongest influence on it, I guess, who kind of grabs it by the neck and throws it where it's going, you know, gets the last say. So, but man, it's it's all of us. You know, we uh, it just it, it could come from anything. You know, we've been sitting around a lot of the songs we could that that are on the record. You know, came to us just like that. It was it was really awesome. I mean, we we definitely don't have a problem writing. <laughs> That's great. Now, like, do you guys like will one person maybe show up for a rehearsal and say, "Hey, I got this idea," or do you guys maybe all get together and say, "You know what? Let's just sit down and write tonight." Like, how how's that work? Man, we just, uh, you know, somebody will come in to come in with an idea and we'll all just feed off of it and see which way it goes. You know, we never, I don't think we ever really sit down and just write the songs. They just, they, they just happen. You know, like I said, somebody will have a riff and come in and go, hey, man, what do you think about that? A lot of the songs that we wrote were wrote right on the spot in the studio. You know, we just went, hey, man, what do you think about this? And then ran with it. That's awesome. That's great that you guys have that kind of chemistry and that kind of energy. Because actually, yeah. that comes through in the record. I'm glad it does, man. We we were hoping that would show through, you know, just a, a band of brothers doing what we do, brother. <laughs> yeah, so one of my favorite songs, like the first song I heard, heard from you guys was Pissed Off and Mad About It, and I know it's kind of been your flagship. I think my favorite song on the record is Intervention, and i got to say, like, it's it's your bass line that catches me at the beginning. I just I love that bass line. It's simple, but it just drives. Oh, brother, thank you, man. That's a uh, – man, uh, I grew up listening to a whole lot of Sabbath and Iron Maiden and stuff like that, and I, I like to – I hope it shows through, you know, because – Geezer Butler, you know, um, Steve Harris, badass bass players. I mean, they're awesome. <laughs> and, I completely uh, agree. I, tr- I, tried to, I tried to feed off of that, you know, take what they did and try to put a little twist on it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I actually grew up a bass player myself, um, and Steve Harris is a huge influence on me, and I can definitely hear it in your playing. Oh, dude, thank you so much. He's a, I mean, I, I many, many hours sitting there dissecting uh, Iron Maiden's bass lines to figure out what he was doing so I could learn to play like that. <laughs> It's so funny you say that. Like, um, I'm teaching my, my goddaughter how to play bass, and her dad and I were sitting around. I pulled out my old book called Heavy Metal Bass Lines, and you can see all the Iron Maiden songs and all the notes, notations I made between me and my teachers. And I did the same thing. I sat down, learned, like, every line, note for note for note, you know? Exactly, man. I would sit there and hear something and go, oh, man, how do you do that? And just wear something out, just wear it out right after that and buy it again because I just I broke the tape. <laughs> just rewind it going, what was that? Just triplet, I think. Here we go. <laughs> oh yeah that's awesome man. yeah I did the same thing but yeah intervention jeez that song is so freaking powerful oh dude thank you so much you know it's 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 a I just I'm, that's a great song man I'm it's it's weird that you comment on that we we get a lot of people saying man you know what? how did you come up with that song how did you do that and it, it's it's great that the fans and everybody out there loves it that's that's because that's that's exactly what we were going through trying to give you that old school feel with a new twist on it yeah yeah I love it absolutely love it so then um, the song, there's another song on the record caught my attention, Jesus Freak. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that song a little bit? Like, tell us, like, where'd that come from? What's the, um, like, kind of the, the point behind it? Like, where were you going with that? Man, the music just kind of happened. We'd had it sitting around, and uh, Richard came up with these words, you know, came up with all that, and, and that's, that's, that's pretty much how that song came about, brother. Um, you know, the, the twist that, it, that, that he goes with it lyrically, I think, is really makes that song. It's not so much the hook in the song, but it's his words. You know, Richard's yeah. great about being a storyteller. He, uh, yeah. If you listen to the songs, there's always a story in all the songs, which is awesome, and you don't find that much anymore. No, I agree. I agree with that. So um, do you guys have plans for, like, your next album yet, or is it just the plan to kind of tour for a little bit on this one? What's going to happen next? Um, we're going we're gonna to tour and ride at the same time. 
that's that's what we've been trying to do. You know, every time we get in there and get in a club a little early or an arena early, we try to get in there and just, you know, and wear it out. We wrote uh, a great song called Property Line, and it came about from doing the same thing, man, just getting in there and, and hooking it out. And, I, you know, we can't wait for people to hear it. It's going to be awesome. If you come to the live shows, you'll definitely hear it. Awesome. I was just going to ask if you're going to play some any of the new stuff in uh, Pittsburgh here, so that would be great. Oh, yeah. We'll be, nailed, we'll be nailing out pretty much the whole new album, plus some songs that we wrote along the way. Uh, so is there a new album like already in the can, or do you still need to go and record it? Uh, right now, there's just a lot of ideas up. We got uh, there's several songs that are out there that we haven't, you know, that are, we're waiting to see what we're going to do with them that aren't quite finished yet. But for the most part, you know, we're writing as we're going. So I wouldn't say it's in the can yet, but it will be soon. Oh, very Try cool, to stay ahead of the cool. curve. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for it. <laughs> definitely excited for it. Right on, brother. So I was checking out your site. <clears throat> I saw you guys had an endorsement with you know, some of the various music companies, which I'll ask about here in a minute. But one that really caught my attention, I was curious about this one, was the Jägermeister endorsement. I was wondering if you could, uh, could speak to that a little bit. Oh, man, Richard went. I don't know. Richard got the Jägermeister endorsement. He uh, called him up and threatened to come after him, so they endorsed him. <laughs> 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 but they've, been, they've treated us real good. You know, Jaeger's been awesome. We've got a lot of great endorsements. We've got Dean, EMG. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that have stepped up and, and really, you know, helped us through all this stuff and got us where we're going as far as equipment-wise. It's been awesome. Guys at Dean, at Dean Guitars have really kicked it. They built Randy a guitar. They're building me a bass. They're building Carl a guitar. Man, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been awesome, man, that, to be accepted like that in the industry is really cool. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Now, I was going to ask about Dean, because uh, last time Randy and I talked, we were talking about, like, his guitars, and then he was saying that you were getting, um, get, getting from Dean Basses. So are you playing Dean Basses right now? Yeah, yes, I've been playing Dean Basses for about the last couple of years, man. Love them, love basses. Uh, and right now they're in the process of building me a signature model bass, which is going to be really cool. I can't wait to get my hands on that. And they're doing well, the same thing for Carl. What's that? That's awesome. That was going to be my next question was, um, what, like, what model bass do you play? So you have a signature coming up. But what, what model are you playing right now? Uh, right now I'm playing their Hillsborough basses and their, the Demonator. Two awesome basses, man. You can get a range of sounds out of them that you could never believe. I mean, I freaked out. Just well-built gear, man. They're awesome. The Hillsborough bases are the ones uh, I'm having a Hillsborough built right now and a Cadillac, so it's going to be killer. Nice, nice. So what's, like, what's going to set your signature model off from like the other bases? Uh, I don't know. The fact that uh, I, I can beat on it and it won't break, probably. <laughs> they built this thing so sturdy because I have broke more bases. It's just I, I treat my gear awful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're not made to be punched all the time. Oh, yeah. Some of, them, some of them are, some of them are, you know? Um, no, I hear you. What kind of pickups do you, kind of you use in your bases? Uh, I'm using EMG, EMG pickups and, uh, and preamps, man. That's the only way to go. I can get a, like I said, you can get so many sounds out of those EMG pickups, man. EMG just put, oh, cool. it, put together a very well-built product, man. It's awesome. So are you favoring that an active or a passive pickup? Man, I like, the, uh, I like the passive pickups with the active technology. So I get okay, the best okay. of both worlds. So how how does that work? How, because so if if it's active technology, does that mean that there's still a battery in it? Like you're touching my yeah yeah. Right? There's, there's still a preamp. There's still a preamp, but the pickups are passive. So you get that warm okay. that warm tone, and then you got the you can you know I can pop in some mid range because different songs you're going to be needing different sounds, and that's the great yeah. thing about Dean basses and the EMG pickups is you can get any range of sound you possibly need out of it. Oh, very cool. Now is this like a P style pickup or is it more like a soap bar style? Uh, these are the uh, the uh, soap bars. I use the uh, let's see what I call. Yeah, 
That's awesome. So what now, what are you hooked up no for, um, What are you hooked up for as far as amplification now? Uh, right now, I'm playing through Ampeg. Uh, we're, we're, I've been wearing out Ampeg now for a long, long time. That's the only thing I found that'll stay, that'll keep up on the road. And they got such a good growl to them too. Oh, they do, man. You can get that really. That I mean, it's it's, it's growl's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's some awesome stuff. Now, are you a finger player or a pick player? Uh, I can play both ways, but I'm mainly a finger player. I like the I use a pick sometimes in the studio, but I use my fingers all the time because I like to get that like a, almost like a four finger gallop going on in there. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I, I started out as more of a pick player, and I've gravitated to my fingers more as time's gone on. But sometimes I just I want that that attack of the pick, you know. Exactly. I use it. I use it. Sometimes I use a pick in the studio for different songs to get that that real kind of you know that punchy mid range type sound that you can only get with a pick. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so how long have you been playing bass now? Uh, let's see. I've been playing bass. Uh, started off playing piano when I was fourteen, and I've been playing bass probably since I was uh, fourteen. <laughs> wow! I got really lucky, man. I was able to just uh, listen to stuff on the radio and be able to play it back. Oh, that's awesome. So, like, what what drew you to the bass? Then? Man, just the uh, like I said, bass players like Steve Harris and uh, you know James Jamerson and stuff like that. Just hearing stuff like that going, man, what is that? What were they doing? And the, the, the way they could bounce around behind and make their own melody inside a song. I, I just, I really dug it. I was like, man, I want to learn to do that. So I took off with it, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, when, I, when I was talking to Randy before, he said that um, you guys were all from Denison, Texas, correct? Uh-huh. Certainly. Okay. And so, like, have you, um, like, so I, did you, like, grow up and go to school with all these guys? Like, how... How did you come to join the Texas Hippie Coalition? Man, I've, I'm, Randy and I have been up and down the road in, in, in bands for many, many years. We, uh, about time I moved, see, I moved to Denison when I was about nine years old, met Randy when I was 16, and he and I have been jamming ever since. Uh, Richard was in a rival band, our singer, and we always did shows together, and it turned out really good. And one day we were like, hey, man, you know, why don't we just combine all this and roll with it? And that's exactly what we did. Uh, that's awesome because it, it's important to have guys that you know that you work well with to to play with, and it really comes through in the, in your record. Right on, thank you, man. Yeah, it's like I said, it, we're a band of brothers out here. You know, half of us grew up together, and you know, we got people like Crawfish and the Kid that just come on board that that kick ass. You know, they they been like they were here from the beginning. It's just a really good man. We got a great great team and a great bunch of guys, man. That's awesome. Well, well hey, is there anything that you would tell the fans out there before we uh, wrap things up today? Right on, man. Y'all come on out to Pittsburgh, man. Let's let's rock and roll. All right. Well, hey, John, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Right on. Thank you for having me, man. I hope to do it again, brother. Thank you so much. Our next interview is with Gregory Nash, the drummer for Addicted to Pain. You can learn more about Addicted to Pain at their website, www.addictedtopain.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iron City Rocks podcast. Tonight we have with us Gregory Nash of the band Addiction to Pain. How are you doing, uh, Gregory? Very well. How are you doing today? Great, great. So, Gregory, um, how did this band come together? Um, I actually answered an ad for a band that was, they labeled themselves as a metal band looking for a drummer, and uh, I was kind of in between gigs. 
So I wrote them specifying that I'm I'm not exactly a typical metal drummer. I don't play double beat or double bass drum or blast beats or anything. And uh, they said they'd give it a shot, and we went over. I think we wrote one of the songs in, in the first uh, tryout period. They didn't they didn't mind that I wasn't the typical drummer. They wanted more of a kind of a meat and potatoes thing, kind of a John Bottom type of feel. Oh, that's very cool. So um, could you describe your, your drumming style then, or maybe your kit setup, since you're saying you're not like a typical metal drummer? How do you approach it? Well, um, you know, my influences are kind of the 70s guys like, you know, Bonham and Carl Palmer, ELP. I just I just play on a regular four-piece kit, you know, same as Bill Ward from Black Sabbath or Ian Peace from Deep Purple. I just kind of try to keep it simple. But, you know, a lot of these drummers today have, you know, double kick and eight rack toms and gong drums and just seems to get muddied up. A lot of a lot of the metal drummers seem to just rely on the double kick and to me they kinda of use it as a crutch and that's all you hear is, you know, double kick drum and I think a lot of them are just overdoing it, you know. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. And I I like where you, you talked about like kinda of having the simple the, the simple I guess the four piece kit. Because when I was listening to the tracks last night, um, one of the things that really, really struck out to me, and this might sound odd, but um, the mix in general sounded big. Like, everything sounds so compressed, like it's being thrown in a straight line at you anymore. And you guys had a very open mix where everybody had their spot. Like, you had a big drum sound. I would have never guessed you were playing a smaller kit. Yeah, that has a lot to do with uh, Alex Perialis, who produced the EP. He's a... Uh... People might recognize the names. He he did all the the uh, great Anthrax albums. He did the SOD record. He worked with Testament. They kind of called it the Golden Age of Thrash. He, he was a producer for all those records. Oh wow! So how how did you guys manage to uh, to land him as a producer? Um, we were approached by Megaforce Records, and we were doing a deal with them, and they had one of our first demos, and it didn't sound the greatest, so they they hooked us up with Alex and we went out to Ithaca for a week to do the EP with him. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I noticed you guys released um, a self-titled EP on iTunes and there's four tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you guys have plans to launch like a, a full a full length album anytime soon? Yeah, we're going in to the studio again in Ithaca probably in the end of December, beginning of January and we're going to do a full length with Alex. Oh, that's fantastic. We have a, lots of songs, you know, just to get the four songs we brought in, I think, about 15, and set up in a live room and just played them off room, and those are the four that he uh, settled on. So we're hoping to bring about 30 or so to pick for the lot, for the full length. Now, when you guys we'll prob- do the track... We'll probably do 12. Oh, sorry about that. Um, right. When you guys do the do the tracking, do you, do you do it all live and then go back and do overdubs, or is it mostly just a live? Well, we play we play it live in the same room, but the drums are recorded first. I play to a click track, okay, and those guys just kind of help me along by playing the rhythms, and then they lay the guitars down, then the bass, and then the vocals on top. 
I, I really, really dig the sound you guys got. And that's why I was curious. Um, I was, cause I was, I was checking out a few of the tunes, like I said, on iTunes last night and, um, Abigail, that was a pretty brutal song. I really, really enjoyed the riffs in that song. Cool. Yeah. That, that was actually one of mine. I wrote the lyrics for, Oh, nice. and, uh, it kind of reminds me of old Megadeth, you know, P-Cells kind of era, you know, where it's, it's really simple riffs. It's just the way it's constructed is, uh, very catchy and uh you know the choruses have a lot of weight and there's a halftime bridge section which it was surprising because we had no intention on recording that one but alex seemed to really like it so i couldn't complain at all wow that's awesome one thing i noticed that i really liked is you guys are heavy you're not afraid to change up your tempos and then there's still some pretty darn good guitar solos and it's been nice to hear that come back um, yeah, what would you say your approaches? Get down. We just want to, you know, get the melody back in through uh, hard, heavy music. Or a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of the bands today, it's it doesn't seem to be much of a melody happening. And and a lot of the old thrash bands like Megadeth and Overkill and Anthrax, they they always had, you know, heavy stuff, but there was definitely a melody involved. Yeah, it was always so, very singable. Yeah, we're trying to kind of capture that with, a, you know, a modern kind of twist. Now, very cool. Um, along that lines, like you mentioned kind of like the old school stuff um, and the, kind of the old school sound, and I was reading your, your, your press bio on your website, and you talked about having like a vintage metal sound. And I gotta say, I don't find you guys vintage at all. Like I, I find you very forward, like forward thinking. Like I find it to be a very fresh sound. You know? Yeah, that's, what, that's that's nothing that we labeled ourselves. We just kind of keep getting that tag from a lot of the reviews of the record, and we we don't really agree with it either. You know, we're definitely inspired by that stuff, but I think you know the songs are nice and short, and it seems to fit in with with today's scene more than the old scene. Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, like, the Vinny Fountain, that's what the reviewers are saying. I think the reviewers are, are de- dead wrong. Because, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and I mean, you guys definitely, those influences are coming through, but what you guys are doing is, is you're, you're, you're breathing new life into, like, you know, kind of a lost art form a little bit, and you're, you're bringing it back, but not, not in a nostalgic kind of way, if that makes sense. Like, I, I really like where you guys are going with this. I'm looking forward yeah. to this full album. I appreciate that. It means a lot. You know, we, we like, we like, a, you know, we listen to bands like Clutch and King's X and bands like that. And uh, it's funny because we get compared to a lot of bands that we don't even listen to or are influenced from. Yeah, but, you know, most of, most of the reviews have been positive, so we can't complain. Very cool, very cool. Um, so I have a question. Your name, Addicted to Pain, is there a story behind that? Like, how did you guys come up with that? Well, initially, I actually named the band The Pain. I thought that was just a great, simple name. And uh, our lawyer at the time, our entertainment lawyer, said that if we named the band The Pain, we were, we were destined to run into, uh, you know, a lot of problems legally because of the rapper T-Pain. I, see point. I didn't 
agree with him to the point where he actually drew up a a thing that he made me sign, you know, claiming that he warned me if we went ahead and used the name that he had, you know, he had warned us. Wow. So and then when Megaforce got involved, they said we definitely couldn't use the name. <laughs> so we went with Feel Your Pain for a while, and we just wanted to keep pain in the name. And I think one night Leo just put it out, Addicted to Pain, and we went home and searched for it. And I, I was surprised no one had it. Yeah, it's, it's a great name. Like, like um, when John was, was telling me about the possibility of this interview coming up, he threw out the name. Like, I hadn't heard of you guys before. I'm like, wow, that's a great name. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I was surprised it wasn't already taken. But all we ended up getting on the Google search was, you know, a bunch of pharmaceutical places and <laughs> stuff like that. And that might improve your website tip rate, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, so how, how long have you guys been working with, with Megaforce? How did that deal come about? Uh, they actually approached us. When we Our lawyers shopped out our initial demo to a bunch of companies, and they were one of the first ones to call back. And, you know, half of the CDs in my collection growing up in high school and stuff were Megaforce Records. You know, they they did everybody. So it was just, you know, it was a no-brainer to work with them. Yeah, that's awesome. I to say, probably most of my records from high school are on Megaforce as well. And yeah. as a name I haven't heard in a while, I was like, oh, Megaforce has these guys. Yeah, they, they don't handle too many acts anymore, which is actually nice. Because we get a little more attention. Oh, that's cool. You know, they still deal with anthrax, and uh, they actually work with the Black Crows a lot, and a couple other bands. Now, uh, the Black Crows—that's that's a band that I wouldn't have expected to see in them back in the day. That's neat. Yeah, exactly. You know, they work with H. Freely and lots, lots of a diverse group of bands, which is nice. It doesn't pigeonhole us. Some good stuff. So, great. How long have you been playing drums now? Oh, uh, a long time. Probably about 20 years. I hate to give uh, my age away, but yeah, I've been at it and playing in different bands and touring for about 20 years now. Oh, wow. Which so, is funny because I never, this is the first time I really played in this heavy of a band. You know, I played soul, funk, jazz, and modern pop, and all over the map. So it's uh, it's interesting to finally be playing music, you know, that I listened to in high school. Huh. Wow. Now, what what first got you started playing the drums? Um, well, that's a good question, really. I mean, I always thought myself as a as a front person or a singer, and somehow I just ended up back behind the drums. I uh, my brothers used to force-feed me old 70s Aerosmith when I was a kid. And I just used to sit in the basement on driveway sealer buckets and learn all that stuff. And, you know, then I'd buy a snare or someone bought me a kick. And before I knew it, I had a, you know, ramshackle drum kit. And, you know, I was playing out before I was actually legal to drink. Wow. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm self-taught. I never... Took any lessons? Wow! It is like did you go like through your high school's uh, band program at all? Yeah, I didn't do any anything like that. 
I actually wasted a lot of time in, you know, high school, drinking and partying and stuff. And I didn't really get serious about it until after I graduated. Oh, wow. And I was curious about that because, like, I've talked to a lot of guitar players. I mean, I'm a guitar player myself, so I know, you know, guitar players, you know, especially with with my age uh, range here, getting showing my age, you ask, why do you want to play guitar? Well, Ace Freely, of Kiss. You know, so that's why I was curious. Yeah, about yeah. What drew you in? I mean, that, that had a lot to do with it as well, you know. I remember the earliest memories were just looking around. My I had three older brothers and Kiss posters everywhere and, you know, the LPs with the, everyone came with a poster and all that stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's what Leo's influence is as well. I remember getting the live too on my eighth birthday. Oh wow! <laughs> it's amazing that the uh, the influence the Kiss has. Yeah, it's, ridic- it's ridiculous. You know, huh. every genre, every everyone you ask, and it doesn't matter if they're in country or you know rock or what, they always reference them. Oh yeah. Um. I saw that you guys are supporting the Texas Hippie Coalition on their upcoming mm-hmm. um, winter, I guess, fall winter tour here. How did that get come about? Uh, Megaforce helped us out with a uh, a tour manager, an agent, and uh, they thought it would be a pretty good matchup. We were initially supposed to do a lot of southern states with them, and for some reason that that got canceled, so they real quick put us on. Uh, about 12 dates in the Northeast. So we're going out, we're starting with them on Halloween night in Buffalo and uh, doing about two weeks with them. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever played with these guys before or is this going to be the first time you get to meet them? No, this is the first time. Very cool. So, you know, it'll give us a chance to get out there and play for, you know, a different crowd. Oh, yeah, that Hopefully great. sell some CDs, get the word out. Now, how long have you guys been a band now? I think about almost three years. So it all happened, you know, when you think about that, it all kind of came together quick. Oh, yeah. But, it, yeah. you know, flew by as well. That's, that's amazing. You guys have been able to do a lot of work in a short amount of time. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that um, you're going to be recording in Ithaca, New York, um, a couple times. Is that where you guys are based? Are you based around the New York area? Are you like New York City or? Yeah, we're upstate out of Albany, actually. Oh, okay. But, you know, we're two hours from the city, so we play down there quite often. Very cool. It's it's not often you hear a lot of heavy music that far outside the city. Yeah, actually, you know, Troy is in the capital area, and a lot of the... uh, a lot of the bands would come up from New York and play on Sundays and, you know, they used to have hardcore shows where they'd showcase three or four bands every Sunday night. And all the kids we go, Leo went to a lot of those. He's definitely got the hardcore influence. Leo was a, the, the guitar player singer, Leo, was also in Biohazard for about two years. Oh, wow. So he toured the world with them and he made the record on civilization with them. It sounds like you guys have a very diverse background and a lot of experiences that are, that are all coming together now. Yeah, I think that's what it is, the three of us. 
have such a wide range of influences that, you know, the final product is fresh, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I mean, your sound, it, it's so, it's so refreshing. I guess it's the best thing for me to say. I mean, like I love heavy music. I mean, in and out of it, the nineties, you know, I'm sure everyone can agree that metal sucked in the nineties, you yeah. know, and coming coming back in here, you know, finishing out 2010 to hear what you guys are doing. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. It's new. Yeah, you know, no, no electronics, no synthesizers, no cookie monster vocals. You know what I mean? Yeah, drums actually sound like drums. A lot of these metal bands use triggers. It really just sounds like the guys playing on cardboard. Yeah, exactly. It just, I mean, you guys just have a solid. Yeah, you have a classic sound, but not classic. If that makes any sense. Excellent. Sense. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, hey, Greg, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to the, to, to the show tonight. Really thank appreciate you. it. It's going to be great to talk to you. You as well. All right, thank you.
The song you just heard was called Here and Now by Addicted to Pain and is available on iTunes. I really like the sound of these guys and I'm looking forward to um, hearing their first full-length release. The EP they have out on iTunes right now is a great little teaser um, and I think they have a really fresh sound like Greg and I talked about in the interview. So that wraps up our show for today. You can see Texas Hippie Coalition on November 4th on the Iron City Rock stage at Peter Bees and Sarver. For more information about any of the bands you hear about on our show, please visit www.ironcityrocks.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our Amazon CD store and MP3 store, where you can support your favorite artists while supporting the show at the same time. And don't limit yourself to music. Any purchases you make through the links on our site go towards supporting the show, even that pair of socks you've had your eye on. We always appreciate your support, and as always, thank you for listening.